Welcome back to Talking Pigskin Podcast. It's Wednesday, October 17th, 2018. And uh, damn, it feels good to be a Cowboy fan. Week 6 is definitely the best week of the season thus far for uh, Cowboy Nation. Um, Cowboys Nation, I got a question for y'all. Is this how you felt on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday this week? Must be how you felt, guaranteed. That uh, you know, easily the best win for the Cowboys since uh, probably the Chiefs game last last season. Um, first time the Cowboys have put up forty points since Week Eight of last year against the Niners. Um, I don't think anybody saw that coming. If you listened to the podcast last week, um, I was quite optimistic um, during my breakdown of why I was taking Dallas. Um, And it was best case scenario for every position breakdown that I pointed out um, was advantage Dallas. Dak clearly had the better game than Bortles. Uh, Zeke had a much better game than any running back for the Jags. Yeldon or, or Jamal Charles, um, I said last week that I would be extremely beside myself uh, if Jamal Charles uh, ruined the game, and I didn't have to worry about that at all. Um, Jags never really got anything going other than the, the one touchdown drive to start the second half. Um, Dallas D-line dominated that Jacksonville O-line, and... It was easily the best performance of the year by the the Cowboys O-line. I asked last week to see a reminder that Tyron Smith was the best left tackle in the NFL. And while I didn't necessarily see a a complete domination uh, by him, it was an encouraging sign that um, he can can be 95% of the time dominant. He got beat once on the inside and I believe he got beat on a speed uh, pass rush once to his outside. Uh, Only one resulted in a sack but um, the three sacks that uh, Jacksonville defense got were definitely far from the storyline of that game. Uh, Cole Beasley had his best game of the year by far. Um, Jacksonville defense waited probably way too long to make an adjustment on him. They their plan with Tyler Patman manning up on in on Beasley in the slot with no linebacker help was was either a failure to plan or they uh, which really would then be a plan a plan to fail. So they uh, they didn't look like the Jacksonville Jaguars defense that I expect. They looked they looked like they could walk in there and just win because they showed up, and that was far from the case. Um, it was a, it was a huge game for Dallas. Every game's big in the NFL with only a 16 game schedule. I say that damn near every week, but, uh, yeah, man, uh, encouraging to, uh, to see that game and get that result. I know, uh, my co-host who's not here again, he is legit busy with, uh, with a work schedule this week. 
So, uh, and we do plan on doing a second cast uh, later in the week. So look for that Friday or Saturday this week. But uh, yeah, he wasn't too happy. I, I got to uh, I got to give him a shout out though for sticking around until I think it was about the seven minute mark of the fourth quarter, and then he uh, <laughs> he stood up and said he had seen enough. Um, so good on you, brother. Um, I I don't think uh, I think I sent you a text the next day. You're a better man than I. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't have stuck around for that that massacre as long as you did, um, especially when you didn't see it coming. But that's I I I had said it to him numerous times during the game. This is this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I expected to see. This is this is the front office's justification of cutting Des, feeling that they can do it by committee. Uh, whether or not it's sustainable moving forward is is up for debate, and we're going to find out um, with a great test coming up with uh, Dallas traveling to Washington this week. So, uh, yeah, it, encouraged moving forward as a Cowboy fan. I'm not jumping out the window like some are, but uh, I am encouraged moving forward, and um, the defense is the, – my whole thing is – this team, to me, if they can get to the dance, and they've uh, they got that that solid defense, that damn near dominant defense, and the best running game in the league, and that sounds like a recipe for me in the playoffs. Um, now you got again, you got to get to the dance, but get me in there, and I'll take my chances with this team, this this defense, and this running game. Sounds good to me. Sign me up. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can get above five hundred for the first time this year going into their bye week. Um, and on the flip side, Jacksonville's got a huge game this week going home to play uh, a division uh, rival with the same record as them, three and three in Houston, who's now won three in a row. Um, and that game is, you know, again, I'm not going to jump ahead and. Uh, start breaking down those week seven games yet, but uh, I will. Those are definitely two matchups that uh, we're going to be keeping an eye on in week seven. But uh, elsewhere, uh, last week in week six, um, Atlanta Tampa was a shootout. Tampa had a chance at the end. Um, kind of a weird play call with the design quarterback draw, and then the the botched. Uh, pitches backwards but um that's I, I think I called it last week when I said it's probably going to be a um a, a game where who has the ball last is going to win it um I know Tampa had the ball last and, and lost but uh it was the the other part that I had broke down saying how I thought Atlanta's offense would be uh more of an advantage against Tampa's bad defense than and Tampa's potent offense would be against the injured Atlanta defense. So um, Atlanta gets a division win at home, much needed. Uh, get to two and four, and uh, you know they could be right back in the thick of things um, in at least the wild card hunt um, with a Monday nighter against the Giants coming up. So got that one right. Uh, the next couple picks are all all wrongs, and it's funny. I listened back to the podcast on 
Sunday after I put my my picks in, and instantly I I was wondering why I uh, I picked Cleveland after the way I was talking about the Chargers, and I wasn't wasn't confident in the pick, but um, me not believing in the Chargers on the road yet was probably uh, a little overstated, um, with a false belief in Cleveland because they were at home. Uh, I think the Chargers are for real, and uh, I, I, I just the the defense has been impressive without probably their best player on the defense, and Philip Rivers looks good. Uh, Melvin Gordon's had a great game last week, three touchdowns, dominant road win. Um, I got to start giving uh, a little bit more respect than I have to the Chargers uh, moving forward. And uh, it'll be fun to see how that West shakes out with them now only one game back of, uh, well, I guess it's a game and a half because they've, they've got the loss head-to-head. But, uh, yeah, Chiefs uh, Chiefs coming off the loss, dropping a game 5-1, and one, Chargers game and a half back now. So that second matchup is going to be even that much more uh, significant, especially if the Chargers uh, are keeping pace with KC up to that point. Uh, next game I got wrong. I was I was picking Indy. Um, I did I could I didn't see the Jets scoring that many points, and I was wrong. After uh, the week one win and then three losses in a row for the Jets and Darnold going through uh, probably a little bit of growing pains. Uh, they've now won two in a row and and putting up points uh, while doing it. Um. So I got to reevaluate both of uh, both of those teams. Seattle Oakland was the next one. Uh, <laughs> for the amount of shit talk that I've done on this podcast this year, uh, bashing Oakland and and John Gruden uh, personnel decisions for, and also um, I totally spaced on the fact that that game was played in London last week. I was I wasn't thinking that it was a road game for both and that the older team flying to London in Oakland would lay a dud and if I would have known that there was no chance in hell I would have taken Oakland. I that was that was me just not doing my job and uh thinking that Seattle was going to be traveling to California and uh that wasn't the case, so that's a that's a my bad. If anyone may have been duped along uh, with myself from listening to me, um, I will not pick Oakland again this year. It's not happening. I just the team's terrible. Um, Carolina, Washington. Uh, I would have loved to see Carolina win that game, uh, especially as a Cowboy fan for division wise, but. Uh, the Washington uh, run game was a lot more productive than I could have imagined, and uh, it freed some things up for Alex Smith. And that's all. That was that was enough right there. Uh, you win the turnover battle, and and you have that advantage of being at home, and that was enough. Um, so yeah, those four in a row, all wrong. We're uh, we're just. I mean, aside from the uh, 
the Carolina, and I even felt it that it could have been a trap game for Carolina going to Washington. Um, I don't think Washington's a better team than Carolina. I just think they were on Sunday. Um, so I got to eat that one. But the other three, Cleveland, Indy, Oakland, watching those games play out, I, I felt like a moron that I had, uh, I, I had picked them. It was just, that's just, uh, not good analysis at all. Um, or for that matter, keeping track of where the goddamn game's being played. <laughs> Anyways, um, Buffalo-Houston was every bit of an ugly game as I thought it would be, and Houston's probably lucky that, uh, Peterman had to come into that game because that guy just, he cannot throw that out on an NFL field. Um, it seems like every time he does, it gets pick sixed. Um, I don't know how Buffalo can roll out Nathan Peterman this week, especially if uh, Josh Allen's out for the next two to three. Uh, so who knows? It might be Derek Anderson time. And uh, I mean... I don't think either, maybe Houston with the way that Jacksonville is struggling and Tennessee now stumbling and Indy, Indy, you know, probably going to be in for a long year with all those injuries on offense. Uh, You know, Houston could be the team that come out of that division, but I don't think they're going to do any damage and Buffalo certainly isn't going to do any, anything moving forward. So, I mean, I'm not going to dig too deep on either of those teams. Uh, Minnesota did enough to uh, beat Arizona. Uh, Didn't cover the spread, but they won by 10. And the game was never really that close. Uh, Josh Allen, or sorry, not Josh Allen. uh, Josh Rosen is going to be uh, a much better uh, player for Arizona than, than Bradford would have been this season and it's only going to get better going forward they just got to figure out what the hell they're doing on offense with uh the misuse of david johnson um i don't know if it's if it's play calling completely or if it's partly in his ability from being out so much the last uh last season and and the injury the year before as well um but that that team's a mess, and uh, yeah, I don't see it getting any any better too too much uh, this season. So the next game was uh, was a really great game. Um, Pittsburgh Cincinnati, uh, you know, Cincinnati gets that late touchdown. I think it was a buck fifty left. Uh, fans are going nuts, looking like they're gonna get to five and one and take a. Uh, basically a stranglehold on that division uh if they would have if they would have pulled that out and then um just a terrible execution by the slot corner not uh maintaining that inside leverage on that it's it wasn't i, I don't want to call it a pick play because it wasn't it was it became a pick play because the the inside defender didn't keep the inside leverage on brown and or sorry, on the, uh, the uh, I believe it was Juju in the slot, and as soon as he did that, it it, it made it possible for the uh, the pick to happen, and Brown just walks in untouched, and you know 
10 seconds left on the clock, they, they basically get the walk-off victory right there and um, really tighten that division up. You know, Cincinnati and Baltimore are both 4-2, and, and now Pittsburgh's 3-2-1. and one. Cleveland's not like exactly out of it, but I think they're going to be a tough beat at the uh, at the very least. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a really good division. So who knows how that's gonna gonna shake out later in the year when they uh, they got to play each other again. And uh, I feel like those teams always beat like the team that comes out of that division once they get to the playoffs. They're so beat up from playing those divisional games that it's tough to uh, tough to come out. Uh, of there since since the Ravens won the Super Bowl. I mean, you could argue that Pittsburgh's had plenty of plenty of opportunities to be the team of the AFC and just haven't got it done. And you could argue that it's because of those those December divisional games where it just takes a toll on that team two, three weeks later come playoff time. So uh, another uh, crazy game was the Chicago-Miami game. Uh, Brock Osweiler, man. <laughs> Give it up for Brock. Um, they, uh, I mean, the storyline is probably uh, the fumble on the goal line and then the redemption, uh, getting the first down later to, to lead to the game winner for Miami. Um, Chicago had... Uh, what was it? A twenty-eight to ten lead late in the third, and just collapse. Um, and that's exactly why it's funny. The a week after I I I said I jump on board, I'm gonna start giving Chicago the respect they deserve, and realize that this isn't the the John Fox Browns, uh, or sorry, the John Fox Bears. Um, they go out and. They go out and do that. Um, you know they had a, a perfect opportunity to get to to four and one, and you wonder why uh, I'm not a a believer in in Mitchell Trubisky, and it's it's exactly that performance. I mean, the f- first half was was atrocious, really, and and then you know if if it's not for that screen pass and some other guys making some plays, I mean, they don't it doesn't even get to overtime. So. Um, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see which Chicago is the real Chicago. I I said two weeks ago, uh, the last time I had my co-host here with me about uh, now that there's four games of film out on them. What what does the next four games look like for them? In the in the first test, they you know they fail against Miami and and. Now all of a sudden, is Miami the worst three and O team of all time? I don't know. Uh, that was that was tossed around on on this podcast. So who knows? Uh, crazy game though. Um, another one that uh, I think I pegged pretty pretty accurately last uh, last week was the Rams Denver game. I, I said I was definitely taking the Rams. I didn't believe in. Denver being good enough to uh, upset the Rams, but I did say that it would be uh, closer than many expected based on uh, the Rams' run defense and how Denver's run offense has has just been uh, really the the one bright spot for them uh, this far uh, in the season. So 
And yeah, it ended up being uh, the Rams just squeaking one out by three and uh, not cover not covering that. I think it was eleven and a half point spread. Uh, uh, like even even close to that happening. So uh, I kind of I'm I'm glad that I pegged that uh, because I feel that I've at least got a fairly good grasp on those two teams, um, which doesn't help me for Denver going forward this week because. I don't know which team's gonna show up on the road against Arizona and which Arizona team's gonna gonna show up, but that's uh, for later in the in the week when I got my co-host back with me. Um, a team that did cover the spread uh, and looked damn good doing it was the Baltimore Ravens uh, over the Tennessee Titans, twenty-one to nothing. Um, that was an absolute slapping that they laid on the Titans. Eleven sacks. That's right, 11 sacks in one game. I don't know how you can be an NFL franchise and give up 11 sacks in a game at home. So it's like you should be the one controlling crowd noise and not the team looking like you're playing on the road in a, in a stadium being pumped with noise. Like it, it, Tennessee's offense is so crippling right now. They don't, they don't have a shot in hell of of putting up a, uh, enough points to help that defense out. Which earlier on in the year, the, the Tennessee defense fooled me into believing that they were a halfway decent team. Um, in two weeks, they've they've dropped like damn near seventeen spots in my power rankings. Uh, that could. Partly be due to me overreacting uh, to them beating the Jags early in the season and and you know rifling off some wins, but you know they look at them now and it's just like Jesus, they're terrible. So, um, not a, I don't think it's a, an indictment on Baltimore for like they did what they were supposed to. They, that's a road game um, and it's good for them. Uh, getting a uh, a conference victory on the road for uh, you know down the down the line if if they uh, they're not in a position to win the division to uh, snag a wild card um, they look like they could probably they they look like they're probably the uh, the best defense in the league and the thing is is that they're not even necessarily. Uh, relying on the the defense to to win them games because the offense is scoring points. Um, Alex Collins looks uh, much better. The uh, definitely last week, um, but the last couple weeks um, after a couple fumbles early in the season and and kind of getting vultured a bit uh, by Buck Allen, that seems to have slowed a little bit. Uh, where he's back to being the bell cow and getting those those goal line uh, red zone touches. So Baltimore's definitely a team to uh, to watch uh, moving forward. Um, that was a good road victory, dominant. Um, game of the week. Well, yeah, probably game of the week. Sunday nighter, Kansas City, New England. What a game. Um, I was tired all goddamn day at. At work on Monday because of that game, I just couldn't go to sleep. I couldn't. I couldn't bear to turn it off. Um, looking at the stats, Kansas City only had the ball for ten minutes. 
in the second half out of 30 and scored 31 points. That's insane. Um, you know, they, they only scored nine points at halftime. They, they, they were struggling a bit. Um, Mahomes had the bad pick early where I had tweeted that, um, that was the legit first rookie mistake that I had seen him make this season. And he even said it at, at the podium after the game. He just straight up didn't see him. He just missed him. Um, which was kind of odd to me considering it was pretty evident that Hightower was uh, kind of the guy they were play- the game planning to pick on. Um, so for him to just completely miss the guy that he's kind of supposed to be spying on to look for the mismatch was a little bit puzzling. But again, that's, you know, that's a rookie making his first legit, legit rookie mistake um, where it was just kind of like a head scratcher and it, it was week six that it happened. So, um, and you know, he showed the stones to bounce back from, from it afterwards. He, uh, he definitely got it going in the second half. Um, the cannon of an arm was definitely on display. Um, but they, uh, it wasn't enough. I mean, you score, you score 40 points on the road in Foxborough and you, you know, I'm expecting to, they're going to have a double digit win most likely, but, uh, you know that New England offense is definitely humming now. That's uh, thirty-eight, thirty-eight, and forty-three, uh, the last three weeks respectively. So New England uh, definitely trending up, looking like the the Patriots that we uh, we've come to see, and I think it's quite obvious that uh, despite the um, large amount of of weapons that they've got on that offense, Brady is making it a a point of emphasis to get. Uh, Josh Gordon involved um, at least this past week against Kansas City um, and there wasn't the you know the the home run play that there was the week before with the uh, the broken play that turned into uh, Tom's uh, record-breaking tu- or uh, yeah the record-breaking touchdown with the uh, 71st different receiver but um yeah, New England, New England offense is uh, looking for real. They out, you know, they outscored Kansas City when with them putting up forty. So, um, Gronk had those two uh, the, or two big plays in the second half, but the uh, the forty yarder on the uh, the game winning drive to help get them in position to kick that field goal. Um, you know, hard for you to expect that Kansas City's defense is is going to get that stop at the end. Um, and that's the argument uh, against Kansas City is, uh, and there's the prime example that, you know, scoring 40 might not always be enough. And it, and it wasn't on Sunday. Um, I think uh, you play that game in Kansas City and, and Kansas City probably wins. It, um, but, you know, that's hard to say because that wasn't the case. It was in New England and, and New England got the got the win, so. Uh, last game, San Francisco in Green Bay, uh, Green Bay's defense was looking terrible for quite a while on, uh, on Monday night, but, uh, you know, they've got Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. So when you got it, when you got 12 back there, anything's possible. And he showed it again. Uh, that last drive with the game tied was, was a, a thing of beauty.
so cool and calm. Uh, just, you know, how confident he was waving at the sideline. Like, just, you know, one more play. I know what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, wasn't there on that last throw, so he just throws it away. Three seconds left on the clock. Let Mason Crosby uh, get the cherry on top of his uh, revenge, re- uh, redemption week game uh, after that pitiful performance last week. I don't know other way, any other way to say it. Uh, I wish the guy would have kicked like that two years ago in, in Dallas in, in the playoffs. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, San Francisco's defense is a mess. Um, probably more so than Green Bay's, which was the uh, the ultimate uh, well ultimately led to their demise on uh, on Monday Night Football after looking uh, like they might steal one. Um, don't know what to think about Green Bay really going forward though. I mean, Rodgers has got to be pretty damn flawless uh, for them to be successful. Uh, they don't look like the threatening Green Bay team that I thought they might with the addition of Jimmy Graham and and uh, just not not sold. Not I'm not uh, I'm not casting them away. I'm not writing them off by any means. But uh, not the not the game I thought it was going to be. Uh, hats off to the to the Niners for. You know, going out there and, and giving them their best shot, putting up 30 points in Lambeau. Uh, defense let them down at the end. You'd see a couple of those young players looking pretty devastated on that sideline. That was probably a pretty deflating loss for them. They they uh, they had to have thought at, at one point in that second half that they were they were looking pretty good to to finish the upset. But you know, games are 60 minutes long for a reason. Um, so yeah, that's uh, you know my my takeaways. Uh, I think there's a couple teams that I gotta look out for that I wasn't uh, two three weeks ago, um, as you know, con- uh, legit contenders or at least threatening to uh, look like they can uh, be divisional winners or. Uh, wild card teams and and you know some of those are uh, the Chargers. Um, Minnesota's got themselves back in in the hunt in that NFC North. That's wide open again. Um, the Cowboys. Uh, Houston looks alive. Uh, I'm looking at Baltimore differently. Um, I'm looking at New England like. Like I always do by October after they uh, they look a little bit stumbly in September. But, I mean, basically time to realize that September is just experiment month for Bill Belichick. And until I see otherwise, that's what I'm going to have to uh, come to expect. And uh, I don't see any signs of that, that offense slowing down. Um, unless, <laughs> I mean, they got to play the Bears next week. Uh, that's probably a pretty good segue to look ahead to week seven of the NFL schedule as I try to quietly turn that page in my book. Uh, 
just made me think to apologize to anyone listening last week uh, for that page flipping at the end of the uh, end of the podcast last week. I, uh, listening back to that, I had to uh, quickly turn the volume down as I was driving down the highway. Uh, so, yeah, sorry to anyone that had to uh, endure that with their with their headphones on or or um, you know. Could, be, could have been worse, like me, with the, the full blast stereo. But anyways, um, I digress. Week 7, I uh, got six games starred that um, I think are either key matchups uh, for division-wise uh, or just, uh, you know, a good contrast of teams um, like the New Orleans-Baltimore. You got to, you know... Really dominant offense going up against going on the road to play a real dominant defense. That's going to be a real interesting game to see who uh, which dominant position group uh, has the advantage um, when that shakes out on Sunday. Uh, I think Carolina Philly uh, is going to be another uh, real good chess match type of game with uh, a, not a, not a struggling. Carolina O-line, but um, not a strong one, uh, not a solid offensive line uh, going on the road against a good Philadelphia front seven. Um, and if you're a repeat listener, you know by now that I'm a subscriber to the bad bad O-lines don't travel well uh, section, so that'll be... Uh, Something to look at there in that game. I think it's going to be a tight one. Um, I was just talking about New England, Chicago. There's another uh, very similar storyline to the New Orleans-Baltimore game. Um, you know, dominant defense in Chicago at home against a, a powerhouse offense in New England. Um, I'll, 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 you know, I'll make the first pick of the week right now. I'll, I'll pick New England just because I... Uh, I wasn't confident in Chicago the first couple weeks, and I got burned with them getting some early victories. And I, uh, you know, I jump on the train, and and they lay a dud against Miami. So I'm jumping right off real quick. Uh, I don't really care that they're going home. Um, two really good divisional games. Uh, well, I hope they're both going to be really good games. Uh, Houston Jacksonville could just be an absolute. Snorefest, the way that uh, those teams have looked at times this season, um, and Dallas Washington, I think that's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a a good measuring stick to see where Dallas is after that uh, standout performance against Jacksonville last week. Um, and I think the last you know really good matchup uh, this week is the Sunday nighter, uh, Bengals and Chiefs in Kansas City. Um, I want to see how I want to see how Mahomes bounces back uh, from his first loss, and um, you know, it just it, I think that's gonna be a great a great game in prime time. Uh, Kansas City's got back to back Sunday nighters, I guess. Uh, that's different, but uh, I guess that's a little bit of uh, I wasn't I guess I wasn't the only one. Uh, besides Peter Schrager forecasting, uh, you know, maybe a hot start for Mahomes 
with that uh, schedule making. With Kansas City getting the back-to-back uh, primetime games on Sunday, but uh, yeah, you know Cincinnati's off to a hot start. They could have very well been a this could have been a battle of the five and ones. Um, I'm really looking forward to. I think all these games there's there's uh, somewhat of an intriguing uh, quarterback matchup. Um, you know, you got Cam versus Wentz. Uh, I'm looking. The next game is New England. Yeah, New England, Chicago, and I. <laughs> that's not an intriguing quarterback matchup. Um, the Deshaun Watson, Bortles. Which which one's gonna show up? That that'll be, uh, probably the main storyline of that game. Is which quarterback is able to uh, kind of. I guess be the difference maker, um, and I'm 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 leaning towards uh, Watson, but with Jacksonville going back home, it's that's going to be a real tight game. Uh, Breeze against Flacco. Um, I like a lot of these road quarterbacks this week. Just looking at my list here: Dallas at Washington. Uh, you know, Dak's 4-0 in his career against Washington. Uh, those were previously against Kirk Cousins, but uh, he's 1-0 in his career against Alex Smith, too. So I'm uh, I'm liking the way those numbers are looking. And uh, lastly, Andy Dalton versus Mahomes. Um, so some nice quarterback matchups. Um, I'm a firm believer if, in if your quarterback is the you know, winning the the that matchup, chances are your team's gonna win the game. It's it's gonna have to take one hell of a defensive performance if you're winning in the the quarterback column and you're not winning the game. You know, there's you know there's probably uh, some penalties or some some turnovers there somewhere. So, um, maybe one other game. Just looking at uh, based on. You know, the bad O-lines don't travel well theory. Uh, Minnesota's on the road this week, and I'm not in love with their O-line. Uh, Jets' defense aren't exactly world beaters, but they have been putting up points lately. Um, I have seen what Minnesota does when, like what happens when they play to their competition uh, in that Buffalo game, and Christ, that was at home. So I'm not. that's not me uh, predicting a... A Jets win or anything, but uh, I'm assuming that's going to be somewhat of a large spread um, with Minnesota favored, and I don't know how. Depending on the number, I I wouldn't be confident in anything them covering anything more than a touchdown um, at this point in my analysis. Uh, you know, on Wednesday of this week, so. Um, those are my key matchups that I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna really do like a deep dive in on uh, on the next cast and uh, I'll have my co-host with me and um, hopefully I can uh, I can spy on uh, JacksonvilleJaguars.com a little bit and, and try to find some uh, reactionary sound bites from them on uh, on Monday um, I had the uh, the Jalen Ramsey post-game interview all queued up here and then found out that uh, 
I'd be doing this solo tonight, so uh, I'll save that for another time. Uh, I'd love to see the Jags face when I play that. Um, I think that that's about it for tonight. Um, gotta quickly address um, power rankings just because there was some big jumps up and down. Uh, like I said last week, the top four didn't move um, other than New England uh, moving up one spot. I still got Kansas City in the two slot. Uh, New England's now in the three instead of the four, but it's still the same four teams. Um, I didn't have New England jump up to number two uh, simply because I was impressed with Kansas City in the loss. Uh, they got off to a slow start. Like I said earlier, they scored 30 point, 31 points in 10 minutes of possession uh, in the second half. Uh, that's crazy. For To only have the ball for 10 minutes and to score 31 points, that's it's almost unfathomable. Um, I, I didn't believe the stat when I heard it until I went and checked it. Um, and, yeah, crazy. Um, but, yeah, there were a couple major changes. I got the Chargers in the five spot. They moved up five spots from 10 to five. I got Baltimore moving up from 14 to seven. Uh, Pittsburgh moves up from 16 to 11. And probably a bit of an overreaction, even though I've I've tempered it uh, by Wednesday. I, I've got Dallas moving up to the uh, 10 spot. And I think it's more of a reflection of some of the teams that drop quite a bit. Carolina dropping seven spots, Chicago dropping five, Jacksonville dropping seven, Cleveland dropping seven, Tennessee dropping 11 spots. So that was a lot of movement uh, from teams that were all above Dallas. And, I mean, aside from that New England-Kansas City game, with the way those two teams performed, I didn't see a, a football team that looked better than Dallas did on, on Sunday. So, I mean, you have a performance where you look like the third best team in the league. Mind you, New Orleans didn't play. Um, you know, and I'm a, and I'm a fan of the, so I'm naturally going to overreact a little bit. Um, but I think it's also sustainable. You know, you go and get a road win this week against Washington. You go into the bye four and three. You get a you know a win Monday night against Tennessee. You're five and three after the bye, and you're going into a a divisional game against Philly where you know you win and you control your destiny. Because um, I think that division is going to remain somewhat tight, and uh, Philly's not as dominant as they were last season. Um, at least at this point, and it, I mean they are starting to um, look a little bit more cohesive uh, on offense as Wentz eases back in, uh, coming off the injury. He, I mean, he doesn't look like a guy that's playing scared. Uh, I said the same thing about Sean Watson, and Sean Watson should the way he's running for his life. Um, so you know that's that's my I guess justification for. Uh, Jumping them from, you know, twenty. I I probably had them, maybe a little bit, 
too low uh, after that lo- uh, loss to Houston, and that was just a you know a frustration reaction putting them at twenty one, and then now moving them up to ten. So, uh, I guess based on that ranking, I'm thinking that they can be uh, you know a playoff team, and you know I just I just mapped it out, and uh, you know that I think that. As much as a lot of Cowboy Nation hates Jason Garrett, um, his teams always seem to at least be in it until uh, you know the end. Even even that year where they were putting Brandon Brandon Whedon and Matt Castle and Kellen Moore out at quarterback with you know Tony Hurt, it wasn't until week 15, week 16, that they were eliminated from playoff contention. So, I mean, that took a lot of losing within the division with, uh, you know, that was the year that uh, NFC East was was dubbed the NFC least. But uh, the point is, is I think that uh, Jason Garrett teams buy into the message that he sells at the very least, and it keeps them a a competitive... um, a competitive team. Uh, they're, they're always, it's always fairly tight. This is a, um, is a nice, uh, nice sight to see a very lopsided, uh, victory for the Cowboys on, on Sunday. Um, and I hope it's a sight of things to come. I hope that this is, uh, proof that, uh, they can get things on track with this offense and, and that they did make the, the right call with some of the personnel moves in the off season. Uh, obviously I want to see it justified. Um, and I also, I kind of hope to see, uh, you know, the Jags put up a better effort this week against Houston and, and be able to gauge those teams off of that type of, uh, game where they're both, they're both playing. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. That's that's really all the thoughts I got. Um, tune back in later in the week. Uh, download and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, basically everywhere else that podcasts are available. Uh, follow us on Twitter at talking underscore pigskin. Uh, follow us on Instagram talking pigskin pod. Uh, you know, you can check out the, uh, episode artwork that, uh, is posted there every week. Um, leave a comment, you know, interact, try to get, uh, some sort of, uh, you know, talking pigskin community forum going or whatever. And, uh, you know, that way we can, we can have some, uh, different perspectives. Uh, feel free to leave some questions for us to answer on Saturday and, uh, yeah, actually, that reminds me. Uh, I do have uh, one question uh, from Twitter. Um, he was asking, do you think that the Eagles should have traded Nick Foles when the stock was high in the offseason? Um, I don't really know what the the basis for that to be asked for uh, was, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I well, I wouldn't personally. Um I don't think they they believed that they were going to win a Super Bowl when the day that they found out Wentz was done for the year. Um, and it was, you know, his hot streak, especially those those last two games, 
um, the game against Minnesota, the and you know, and obviously the Super Bowl, where he played out of his mind, and then you know, the real Nick Foles kind of showed back up as you kind of alluded to while his trading him while his stock was high, but uh, no, I don't think that the Eagles. Um, I don't think that they botched it or anything. Uh, you know, if I don't think that they were um, able to be 100% confident of a timeline return date for Wentz off the injury. So I think it was just, it was a good idea to, uh, to keep the depth and, you know, who knows moving forward if they have to rely on that again. But um, yeah, so to answer the question, no, I don't, I don't think that they, they should have, uh, you know, sold one. I'll, I'll agree that the stock was definitely higher for him in the off season. That's that's no doubt. The guy was having statues built. <laughs> um, but yeah, so thanks for that question. Um, hopefully, uh, I answered it well enough for you. Um, yeah, so thanks for tuning in. Um, feel free more questions uh, next week. Hopefully there are. And uh, yeah, download, subscribe. Leave a five star review if you're uh, you're liking the podcast, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Later.